Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and I'm rather tired today, so uh, there's Ben to introduce himself. Yeah, hi, I'm Ben Slinger, <laughs> and uh, Trevor's, Trevor's tired, I'm a bit buzzed. It's going to be a great episode. <laughs> Should we just, uh, do we want to do anything different? I don't know. Should we just do click pitch? We'll see where the mood takes us. <laughs> All right, I guess we'll start with click pitch like we always do. Uh, for those just joining us, click pitch is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three, two, one, click, we each get a new word and we put them together and uh, we make a game out of that. Somehow make some horrible hybrid word monster that is also playable as a video game. Shall we begin? Yeah. Yeah. Three to one click. <clears throat> clamp. I'm going to clamp him. Clamp. Subterfuge. Subterfuge clamps. Clamps, clamps. Well, now I'm just thinking it's a Futurama game. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that um, you've got to play Clamps, but he's, like, undercover. Okay, so you can't actually- clamp, like some- you gotta, you can't, you got to stop him from clamping things. Because, <laughs> for one, it's loud. You don't want to okay. draw, draw attention to your clamps. So, because I'm feeling in a slightly weird, like, mindset today, mm-hmm. I'm thinking that rather than controlling Clamps itself, yep. you control something in, like, his AI programming. Okay. So, um, his whole thing is that he just wants to clamp the whole time, but you're you're sort of like a, a rogue AI program within his head that has okay. to sort of stop stop the clamping from happening by um, I don't know maybe doing well, some some I sort like, of puzzle puzzle I, no, no, I like, thing in his head. Or something I like, like the that. idea that you're yeah you're either a virus or a um, or a rogue AI in there, but the way you do that is um, you can. You can just change a couple of letters in his core programming um, <laughs> yep. at a time. And so, you know, you get in there and it's just clamp, 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 clamp. But you change a couple of words and now it's stamp. And so, that's how you get past, <laughs> like, the bit where um, there's there's a bunch of bugs on the ground and you have to stamp on them. And then you, um, you change it to ramp and that's how you get over the big jump. <laughs> Well, I was thinking you, you actually see a skateboard and then you just go ramp. Yeah, that's <laughs> and it. And he just starts going crazy on the ramp. When he's in a social situation that he doesn't quite have anything to say, you change to vamp and he starts uh, doing his doing his comedy routine, um, improvising and, like and we as, are. And as part of that, so well. you can actually, you know, change it to lamp as in I love lamp as he goes to do his uh, Steve Carell impression from Anchorman. Sure, sure. <laughs> Or he lights the area up, you know, in that, which would probably be more effective as a gameplay mechanic. But no, he could do stick. <laughs> uh, and of I course, it, does, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be rhymes necessarily. So you could um, clomp things. You could mm-hmm. um, go climb have, things. You could have a romp. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot harder to think of things that aren't just rhymes. When you, I'm not very good at boggle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but no, I, I kind of like that idea that you've sort of- It almost is a boggle thing. Maybe you've got a certain number of uh, letters. Maybe you can rearrange them, too. Oh, and occasionally you, you have to actually use clamps. So, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah, so you yeah. want to clamp this one, you want to crimp this, and then you want <laughs> to <don't know>, <laughs> do something with lamp. <laughs> yeah. Um, then you have to clap. Um, <laughs> you, just, you just give them a bunch of extra vowels. Um, and, uh, you've always got the lap dance- um, <laughs> I yeah, I guess you could kind of. Um, 
There's, I mean, there's yeah, yeah, sure, lap dance. That's like the final boss. Yeah, yeah. All right, I think <laughs> I think we've got as far as we can on that one. Three to one click. Gambit. Boxing. Okay, Gambit. So I mean, we could go the X Man, <laughs> but I don't know much about him. I think he's from the Islands, and he plays he throws ca- cards. magical cards. <laughs> um, but. I don't know enough about the X-Men <laughs> to really go down that. <laughs> now I'm just picturing, like, Gambit, but um, all the myst- all the mystical cards have been taken away from him, so he's just learning how to box. <laughs> so that's it. That's the whole game. It's like, let's take one of the characters that most people don't like in the first place and then not even give him his school powers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I remember back in, like, I think it must have been, like, 2004, mm. EA Sports released, like, a boxing game. Oh, yes. That was... Yes. Um, Actually, really he- quite heavyweight or something. Or? Yeah, heavyweight championship or some, something like that. So we haven't seen like a a boxing game in quite a while. Um, fight night? Are least, you thinking of Fight Night? Yeah, it must have been Fight Night. Yeah, and okay. obviously Wikipedia has come to the rescue again on that one. Oh no, that was purely. Oh no, it was Wikipedia. <laughs> Two thousand four. Um, good job. Jeez, you know how you know how I remember Xbox. that. Mm-hmm. That's when I was working for the company that, um, you know, modded the Xboxes and stuff like that. Uh, so, yes. um, 2003 to 2006, I was working for, for a company where we repaired and modified Xboxes and Playstations and shit. Sure. And I remembered that it was around 2004 that I was playing that, and I'm like, fuck me, that was like 14 fucking years ago. <laughs> God. Yeah, it has been a while since we've had a boxing game. Um, so the, at least the, a good one. I mean, the big, that thing, one, that the big thing, yeah, I mean, the big thing about Fight Night was the whole using the thumbsticks to really, like, control your punches and stuff, right? right? Uh, which, so, which worked pretty well. So, what I like about that is you could actually have like you have like a career mode in which um, you're playing a you're playing a boxer, and depending on your choices throughout, you could end up in like some pretty bad things where you where you're like betting on your own fights and all mm. that sort of stuff. You could actually have you know a real interesting um, narrative that you could sort of go yeah, down. Yeah, I like that. Idea, come out the actually. other side and come out the other side and and you know sort of realize that. Maybe the way that you went you went about it was mm. the, the wrong way. Yeah, no, I, I like I like that idea. That sort of yeah, I like that idea around because obviously there's a lot of stuff around organized crime in like illegal gambling and on on particularly around fighting and stuff. Yep. So I like that idea of having a narrative around it. Like ostensibly, it, it, it's just a boxing game. Like the gameplay is the boxing, yep. um, but you've got kind of in between bits that are maybe a bit more just like simple adventure-ish or just like going around and you know conversations having conversations um with people yeah and it could it could be one of those things that you know you you pick a manager early on based on based on you know you choose mm. which gym you were you were starting out in and you know it goes from that gym you get uh seen by seen by a coach who who goes yeah this i really want to see this yeah. guy and his name's on- jim too you coach his yeah. gym you found the right yeah. gym at the gym, um, the the idea being that you know if you if you start out in in like a random gym, um, you know this guy happens to be you know real bad news and <laughs> sorry, I just like the idea of a of a random gym, yep. like like J A M though, like someone's name. Yep, a random gym's gym. Random random gym's gym. <laughs> gym's gymnasium, <laughs> and his surname is. Gymnasium, so it's gymnasium. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you got me going down this. No, path I know. Sorry, I, I put you down that path, and then I couldn't think of anything uh, to follow it up with. Uh, okay, yeah, I like that idea. Um, 
But I think what happens is like halfway through, like you're going, you're going through. So you start in a random gym. You've got some yep. backstory that could be randomized too, even um, for why you want to like get good at fighting. It might be revenge. It might be like your father died when you were a kid and always wanted you to be a boxer, and now you're finally doing it. Or, um, you know, it might be just for the money. Whatever. You've got some backstory. You go through the. You go through the gym, you make your way up, obviously, through the ranks. Um, but you do notice in this game that, like, you, you make your way to the top pretty quickly. And you and um, you can just imagine the player going, like, what? This game is too short. And then yep. and then when you're in one of the sort of in-between adventure bits. And, of course, you've got all these things happen around organized crime and having to throw a few fights or whatever. And, but you get to the top. And then you're outside in the dark and you're, like, having a cigarette. You notice a light in the sky. And it turns out that the whole first half of the game was you um, being tested and you were one of the best boxers on Earth and now the aliens have come down to take you to fight the galactic boxing war. Mm-hmm. Um, in Show me what you got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so the latter half of the game, it's still boxing, uh, but you get to box like aliens and shit. Yeah. Okay. So I, I like the idea of where you're going. What I'd like to actually see, though, is the reason why you go to the top so fast is because your manager is actually organised for all these people to throw their fights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just so happens that, that everyone threw their own their fight, letting you get all the way through, and therefore- Well, maybe what it is is your manager is an alien, and <laughs> he knows about this whole you know, intergalactic search for the best boxer of all time, and he sees his opportunity to, to get you to the top, um, but, you know, he sort of didn't think it through of like, well, if you get to the top without actually getting those skills, you're going to like get fucked up. But mm-hmm. that creates your like underdog story <laughs> that you need for that second half yeah. where against all odds, you punch the, the evil alien dictator in the face. But it which turns happens out to the be face on his happens butt. to also be his genitals. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we, yes, we kind of went in the same. It's all, the, it's kind of all just one amorphous. Yeah. Genital face blob. blob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Genital um, butt face so blob. I'm going to ask you a question, and you're you're not going to expect what I'm going to ask you. Mm, okay. Soundtrack. No, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> soundtrack. Okay. Yeah, we don't usually talk. <laughs> we don't usually talk about the soundtrack. Interesting. David Bowie comes to mind. <laughs> okay. I was leading in just because that's the first like spacey sort of. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just thinking like Beastie Boys, like. Okay. Intergalactic, planetary, right. planetary, intergalactic. So go down that, go down and, that realm. Yep. And then I was just thinking about how awesome all all um, trailers are that that use all the different like Beastie Boys tracks. Yeah, mostly s- like, mostly sabotage, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then I started thinking, okay, so you could actually have a little bit of Rage Against the Machine, a few other like real heavy sort of stuff that. Could could come up um, during certain fights and sure maybe mostly maybe that could be mostly nineties rock um, and, and rap it sounds like <laughs> yeah rock rap. Um, what I was thinking is, you know how like in Street Fighter games, how there's there's like the um, the meter that goes up and up and up and up. So I think uh, the idea yes. being that as it goes up and you get into like the hyper fight mode where you where you're doing all all your really awesome boxing, mm-hmm. um, that's where like the soundtrack just really kicks in. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, totally. And therefore, if you if you're timing to your to your internal um, internal soundtrack that's going on, <laughs> I, I like yeah. 
the idea. So it's that, actually um, part of the gameplay. It's not just it's sort of, of a, an yeah. added bit to the to the ambiance of of fighting, and you get some heavy rock going, and Eye of the Tiger starts up just to yeah. really be obvious with it. Um, Rising up. Yeah, I don't know the words. <laughs> Um, thought that was going to be sing along. I okay. think we should click again. Okay, I like that idea though. That's that's got some. Yeah, look, I, interesting stuff. I like the idea of a narrative around. I mean, I find sports games really boring usually, but I could get behind a sports game where with narrative, with with a bit of narrative <laughs> around it and some characterization, and and then you get to mix up the actual um, the sport bits a bit, right? Like because you know in this one you get into a street fight and that's a bit different, and you're in a different area and go onto an alien spaceship, you know, at the end of the game for the, to prep for the sequel, they send it back in time. So, you know, you've got all sorts of things you can do <laughs> to really mix it up a bit. Okay. Three to one click. Taping. Sprinkle. Sprinkle. Taping. Yeah. Uh, ha. Hmm. So, okay. This might not turn into a game, but I have an idea. Good. So, <laughs> so, you know how people are really- Really want a new Pokemon Snap game. Yes. So, for those who haven't played it, including me, I just know about it. Pokemon Smack. Pokemon Smack. <laughs> it's, where, it's where they all get hooked on heroin. Yeah. And then you have to- <laughs> Also, you have to smack them around. No, Pokemon Snap was a game where you kind of had to- uh, I don't even- I don't even- I guess, did you walk around in, like, first person? I don't know. Anyway, the idea was to take photos of Pokemon. Like, there was a, a challenge yep. in just capturing photos of these Pokemon, and you got points for how good the photo was or something. I don't know. My- What if we had a game for people who are really into food and food porn, where you Ooh. have to take photos of food in the wild and, like, collect- Other people's food. Other people's food. Photos of other people's food. So, the, you can sort of- Get that Instagrammy, you know, people taking photos of their food thing in there. Um, but you're surreptitiously sort of going in and taking a picture of some guy's, um, like, yeah, lasagna before he takes a bite. Before that's right. There's you get points for it being undisturbed, so you've got a time frame from when it's put down on the plate on the table to when they take a bite. Maybe you can alter the environment in some way that means they're more likely to wait. Um, you know, maybe you can send a bottle of wine to their table, which means they're going to at least, you know, take a moment to take a sip of wine <laughs> before they dig in to their, um, veal parmigiana. I mean, I mean, I'm just picturing like the best quality photo that you could actually have is like, it's a real zoomed in photo of this perfectly stacked up lasagna mm-hmm. that has like steam coming off the top. Oh yeah. And it's like, um, it's. Super in focus, and everything else in the background is like out of focus. Oh, that's but it. The amount of t- the amount of time to actually get that actually happening is like, oh, not very know. much at all. Like if you've got a blurred fork coming into view, you've just you've lost, you know, eighty percent of the value of that photo. And so I picture but- there's someone who's just really into food. Like he's a food voyeur. Yeah, it's definitely a man because that's who we yeah. have this sort of fetish. Um. But he's paying you top dollar. He's paying you top dollar for these photos. Oh no! So so you're not playing the guy with the fetish. That's that's okay. <laughs> no 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 no. He's paying you to get these shots. And maybe in later levels, you've but, got but rival. Fo- you've got he- rival photographers in later levels. His whole thing is that he doesn't like people in the photos. No, it has to just be the food. Has to be undisturbed. At the table has to be in focus. I mean, I table. think that I think it can be. Look, obviously, we want to mix it up and have different situations. Oh, yeah. Um, 
and look, the re- the way I got into this is from Sprinkle. I was thinking of fairy bread. <laughs> 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 so you could have, and considering we talked about this being a fetish, this is really creepy. But you could have like a kids' party where you have to get a photo of the cake and of the food on the table. Okay, so so how it actually starts is it's in a flashback, and you're a kid who's just got a camera for his birthday. Uh, okay, and you find the whole thing yep. is like. You go around. Um, I love the idea that you taking a photo of all the different, different um, well, well, but I love, like foodstuffs. I love the idea that you you play you like it's a playable flashback, and you get this camera and it sort of gives you the the general um, controls for the you know bringing the camera up and, and focusing and stuff. But if you try to take a photo of anything except food, it comes out looking like dog shit. Um, Literal out, dog shit. Well, you could. That's an Easter egg. Um, an Easter barker's egg. Uh, God. Um, but. Um, but, like, it prompts you at some point to, like, oh, why don't you try taking a photo of something that's not moving or whatever? Because, like, everything you take is out of focus. And <laughs> you, like, take a photo of the fairy bread and it comes out perfectly. And there's, like, a moment as you realize you find your calling. Oh, you see the god rays. You see everything. Oh, like, totally. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I do want to actually say that there has to be on this on this camera. There's actually, like, a few different modes that you can switch to. So, there's, like, the sports mode and all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. But I think we should add actual it, yeah. food mode. <laughs> Oh, like, on the one that you get for your birthday, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, basically, it, it gives you a hint in the fact that it's one of the modes you can just switch to. <clears throat> yeah. And it's got, like, a burger or a piece of cake. Oh, actually, it's got to be a piece of cake because a piece of cake just has that, that perfect shape um, yeah. with candles. So, I, I like the idea that, you know, you, you're trying to, to focus all these things. And then, you know, maybe you can... Well, I think what happens In some next- of the levels, you can actually set up lighting and that sort of stuff. So, if you- Yeah, well, or it's just, again, it's about the timing- or it's about your choice of uh, victim <laughs> or subject, <laughs> choice of subject. Uh, but before we get to that, I like then the idea of you get another flash forward to this character as a teenager where now they are like one of these people who take Instagram photos of their food. Like, so then you get a chance to, and you that's where you learn some of the more advanced techniques without the pressure. Of filters. Of, well, filters <laughs> and just, but without the pressure of- um, of the t- of the timing and stuff because you're taking photos of your own food, so you get a few levels where you get to like experiment with lighting and focus and um and and different settings, but of your own food. And that's when, or maybe it's that you run a food blog or something. You write a food blog, mm-hmm. and that's how this person finds you. So you get a call or an email or something. And it's like I've got a proposition for you. I'll give you lots of money if you if you get it, if your next um, blog post is. You know, some kid's birthday party with fairy bread. Okay, awesome. <laughs> well, or maybe we won't go back to the fairy bread because that does get a bit creepy when it's voyeuristic then. But, <laughs> but yeah, actually, that's a good way of like, is this person for real? Oh, well, like, what can it hurt? I'll take a photo of someone else's food. Like, that's the stipulation. It's like, if you take a photo of someone else's food, I will send you $1,000. Um, oh, as long as know, that's a good enough photo. You know what I kind of want? I kind of want it that... You can actually go into a go into a restaurant. And you can order a piece of food for yourself, so you don't look weird being in there just with the camera and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then you know you're trying to take a photo of someone else. But if you happen to take a photo of your own food, yeah. After a little while, like he actually sends you like a um a a message on your phone that actually says, "I saw you take that photo of, <laughs> oh. of your own food," and it's just like. A, a like, security cam video of you taking the photo <laughs> of your own food and then eating it. And like, he doesn't want you taking any photos of your own food. Like, so this just sort of keeps getting more and more intense as the missions go on. And you realize yeah, and this person is unhinged. 
and it's all about having having you know it's got to be other people's food it can't be your own food you know that's that's you know yeah he that that's his <laughs> finish yeah yeah and it, it just like totally ruins the mood if if even if he doesn't see it if he knows you're taking photos of your own food i just like the idea that he's constantly videotaping you and and actually um you know Oh, that too. It's, it, it ends up- He doesn't even care about the photos. He's His fetish is actually watching someone take photos of other yeah. people's feet. <laughs> I just- I just- I just really, really think that it could go into a really creepy <laughs> and and interesting narrative. Um, yeah, look, he could do- It could be a sort of a psychological thriller, but at the same time, have some inter- really interesting awesome gameplay <laughs> around taking photos and like- Setting up with your huge telephoto lens across across the road from the most expensive restaurant in town because you couldn't get a reservation. Okay, so now the question is, yeah, is it in VR? Ooh, could be, yeah. Because I really like the actually, idea. Of having, I wasn't even thinking having, about that, but like you're pulling up the camera and yeah, and, you know, actually clicking clicking the button. You have to actually turn. Say, I'm using Oculus Touch because mm-hmm. that's what I what I've got. But you turn it up and you you. You know, use your one finger to pull down the pull down the trigger as as you've turned it up. Yeah, no, I like that idea. Yeah, like you're basically you're holding the the um uh, the touch control like horizontal, so the trigger's on top, and pulling mm. the trigger takes a photo. And you and I like the idea that it's like a digital camera, right? So you pull it down, you can look at the screen, you can see the shot you just took. You can use your other hand to like change some settings and things. And you you can actually you know uh, rotate the um rotate the zoom. You could actually have you know. A real physical, yeah, sort of that'd be cool. Why hasn't anyone done that in VR yet? Some like really good camera, um, camera mechanics like that. That'd be awesome, actually. Um, so the final thing that he wants you to do is take a photo of like a Homer Simpson style donut. <laughs> what do <laughs> you bring back? What do you mean? <laughs> well, you, you've seen a Homer Simpson style donut. Oh, you know, is it just like the, the Simpsons? The very got, classic. Got the, okay, um, got the I didn't know what you were getting. Yeah, okay, just the classic Simpsons donut. Okay. But it's got to have a single bite out of it, and it's got to have like three crumbs on the side, right? You know, sort of like someone's just just taken taken that that awesome bite. Yeah. last bite. It's like the, yeah, he finally takes his finish to the next level of now the food has it's to more. now the f- <laughs> <laughs> now the food has to look like someone that it's the best meal someone ever had. Yeah, yeah, and three to one click. Okay, radar suckling. <laughs> okay. Now, mine was ra- radar as in R-A-I-D-R, not, uh, not okay. radar, like the acronym. <laughs> you said radar, and I immediately pictured the character from MASH. <laughs> yeah, of course he did. <laughs> no, but radar, radar and suckling. Okay. Mm. So, I'm picturing that this is sort of like <laughs> a- <laughs> uh, It's all right. It's all right. You go first. Okay. Um, I'm picturing it's a group of, like, raiders. Um, so within the group, there is, um, it's like a big family unit. There are, there are babies who are, who have been born into this, into this thing and they're, they're, you know, suckling at their mother's breast and what, all that sort what of stuff. What sort of kind of, like, what are they rating? Like, what sort of setting are you thinking of this in? Um, I'm thinking this is sort of, I'm thinking England. But, okay. Um, Cause like, where of, do you have sort of roving bands of raiders? I'm picturing sort of like old... Old, old, you know, castles all over the place. There's, oh, okay. You know, so like, like ancient England, like, ca- okay. Ye oldie English. Ye oldie English. All right. All right. Yeah. Okay. Mm. That makes a bit more sense. So I'm picturing that it's, it's all about how this, 
this group can actually survive. And the only way that they can sort of survive is is um, you know, go in steal steal food for the for the group. Mm. And okay, so it's sort of creating a bit more of a personal story about yeah, what what otherwise would usually just be a a kind of one dimensional. Well, they're they're raiders. They come and they yeah. kill everyone and they steal shit, and we have to defeat them. But the idea being that you're in a small group of raiders that <laughs> um, you have a you have a son or a daughter that's only young when you first start the game. Yeah, but you're running out of food. So, you know, it's now that thing of it's kill or be killed. Okay. So, you're trying to protect your child and get them enough food. But, of course, that means, like, leading a band of raiders into castles to steal and kill and pillage. Well, what you can have is you can have, like, you can have the easy and hard way. Mm -hmm. So, the hard way being, you know, living off the land and, you know, um, foraging for for berries and vegetables and that sort of stuff. So, there's not a- And killing animals and and that sort of stuff. But then you can also go the easy way of, well, if you you go raid this village, you you can- Right, okay. I was sort of thinking that there was some sort of preconception here that you were raiders, but it's just that you're a group of peasants, like, who don't have homes. Yeah. Because maybe another group of raiders has come through and- (laughs) <laughs> Feudal and you have to survive. I, I, I so love the fact that this this could actually be like an alternate timeline of like you've got like an emperor, um, sort of like in feudal feudal Japan, but it's it's set purely in England and it's got that sort of um, same timeline. So you got like samurai and and Ronin that sort of stuff, but it's specifically like you're now going into well, into I mean that's basically or- what knights are and stuff, though, right? Like <laughs> there was feudalism in in England. Um, I don't know enough about what feudalism actually means, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, that sort of, um, time period with, with, there are just as there's a lot of poverty and peasants and like, there's the sort of upper class that owns the castles and the land and, mm-hmm. and such. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. So just basically sort of the life of a peasant group in that time period. Who has lost their, lost their, Family, oh, not their family. It has lost their their land and their um mm. and their town, and they're now having to yeah, like to sort their of- only choice is to try to either live off the land or or raid, and and be a bit more violent about it. Hmm. Yeah. So, can I tell you my idea? <laughs> of course, you can. <laughs> um. So our words were suckling and raider, and yep. uh. <laughs> so you play um, you play a three year old. Okay. Whose mother has decided it's time to wean you off the breast. No more breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. But you're not ready for it. So, you're at a park and you have to you have to sneak your way onto the breasts of other, other mothers. Oh, no. No, 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 <laughs> uh, it's all right because you're a three year old. Like, there's nothing sexual yeah, about it. No, 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 no. <laughs> and it's set in feudal England. <laughs> well, that's okay then. <laughs> three to one click. <laughs> Parkway. Hmm. Weaving. Hmm. Weaving Parkway. So my first, my very first image that went into my head is those, uh, 
what do they call those roads in like San Francisco on the big hills to like where you kind of go back and like you weave back and forth to go up Chicanes? a hill? No, no, no. It's called a um, uh, shit. In racing, they'd be called chicanes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm talking about like multiple weaving back and forth up a hill, right? Like that's the way to get up the hill. Is they've created fuck. There's a fucking <laughs> word for it. Ah, uh, anyway. Ah, uh, that was that was what came into my head. I'm I'm looking for it now. Um, here, Lombard Street. What's that called? Well, they call them hairpin turns, but there's another name for that actual thing. I'm pretty sure. <sighs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter now. Okay, so you're picturing one of those roads from from San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, with the whole idea of weaving in Parkway. Yeah. So, where's the game? <laughs> um. Well, there are lots of things you could do on a road like that. You could skateboard, damn it. <laughs> there hasn't been a good skateboarding game in a while. You could rollerblade down it. You could go down it in a wheelie bin. Oh, God. Let's <laughs> bring back memory. A shopping trolley. <laughs> a shopping trolley. Maybe this is like an extreme backyard sports game where it's all the dangerous shit that kids do that their parents don't know about. Um, so we could, it doesn't just have to be on this road. That can just be the kicking off point. Yep. It can be things like rope swings into, into lakes and how far you can get. <laughs> it can be diving off cliffs. It can be climbing rope big trees. into shallow lakes and, and exactly. broken backs. <laughs> yes. It can be like running along the tops of half built houses. <laughs> I never did that, oh, but I assume it happens. It could be train surfing. Yeah. It could be ghost riding the whip. <laughs> what what actually is that? Like it's when you get out of your car while it's moving and get on top of it. <laughs> whenever I think of whenever yeah. I think of ghosting, I just think of what we used to do as kids and no, it was no, I guess so you don't fucking get on top dangerous. Of it. Oh, no, some people get on top of it. But anyway, yeah. It was so fucking dangerous. You'd be riding down a hill and you just jump off your bike. And it's yeah. like your bike just rolls down That's the fucking hill. That's ghost riding your bike, yes. That's it. Um, I remember there's a road near my parents' place, well, my old parents' place, um, called Winifred Road, and I had a good friend who lived on it. Mm-hmm. And right down the end of the road was um, where we went to kinder. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we were only like six or seven riding our bikes on this fucking hill. And I remember dropping my bu- uh, jumping off the back of the bike, letting it roll all the way down, seeing... Car, bike goes through car. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. So dangerous. You could have killed someone. But that's what I this know. game is about. It's about <laughs> potential child death in that fun- I wasn't on the bike. I know. <laughs> I know. The you could have been. Um, no, I think-, I think it's, But it's basically like an Olympics game, right? It's like the, you compete for these events. You set up these events and it is like shopping trolley down the steep hill and how far you can- you can uh, rope swing into the shallow lake and, yeah, um, all the dangerous shit that kids do. Balance beam across, you know, yeah. So, question. Mm-hmm. Is it set in the 80s? Yeah, I feel like the 70s or 80s makes sense. It's, there's a very yeah. stand-by me vibe to it, right? Yeah. So, I'm, I'm seeing that, like, uh, these these kids are, are talking talking about, you know, all the awesome stuff that they can do. Um, and they they decide to come up with all these different things, um, you know, like the like the shopping trolley down the hill and all that sort of stuff. But they don't know anything about technology or anything like that. So I like the idea that you know they're not 
just going, yeah, oh, we'll yeah. just look on the iPad. Or- no, they're not, and they're not like filming it and shit. Like there's none of that sort no. of, we're doing this for YouTube. It's, um, no, it's all just for the fun of it and the competitiveness of it. And yeah, I feel like you could create a real, and you could even have a bit of a, some bit of, a bit of characterization around the kids where they've all got their sort of specific archetypal, um, characters of those, you know, of groups of kids like that. And you can choose from them in a sort of Mario Kart kind of way <laughs> where each of them has their strengths and weaknesses. And maybe aspects of like bravery come into it or something, you know, that, the kind of the shyer kid is not going to go down the big hill because you know, or he's not going to do as well going down the big hill in the shopping trolley because uh, he's too afraid. So you know, you occasionally get like debuffs or something because it gets too scared and he like wob- yep. wobbles or whatever. Well, I, I'm I'm totally picturing um, one of the, one of the games is you got lawn darts and you're throwing them up into yes. the air and seeing who can stay stay there long enough lawn before dart running chicken, away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm kind of just pitching a very simple style. Like I'm picturing almost like well, I'm California game yeah, style, yeah, or like skate or die, right? Like those those games from the '80s. Um, oh, they were good. <laughs> and look, we don't have to actually go that retro with the style, but just that fairly simplistic gameplay. And the idea is that you play it all like taking in turns around the computer that's in your living room. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the CRT <laughs> monitor on top of a like gr- gray case with a fucking turbo button on it i'm really trying to wonder trying to think what else what other stupid stuff we did as kids um yeah look it could just be throwing rocks at cars and baiting baiting the neighbor's dog and running away and seeing yeah yeah exactly <laughs> who doesn't get bitten <laughs> walking along the train tracks or like or maybe it's like putting coins on the ca- on the train tracks or something it's like how many coins you managed to put on the train tracks before it derails <laughs> <laughs> yeah or before you like before the train clips you and you have to go to hospital <laughs> We should probably avoid child death, but injury's okay. So, this is obviously rated R18. Well, yeah, we don't want kids getting any ideas. No. Um, so, I think this is one of those things that you put special technology in so that um, people can't actually stream it. Okay. How do you do- So, that okay. kids- Therefore, the parents, you know, have have a better chance of keeping keeping this away from their, their kids. Well, Twitch has got all those, like, um, things that hook into games now. So maybe what it is is in a very Legends Hit Larry style, you have to answer questions that you'd only know if you were born in the eighties or the seventies. <laughs> so it's like, what planet was Alpha from? I would get that wrong. <laughs> that's right on the tip of my tongue, actually. But Melman is it? Or no, that's his race. That? That's his race. I think. Oh fuck! Now I have to look it up. Yeah, so I mean, of course, was it Melmac? Melmac? Or- no, you're close. Melmac. You're close. Okay, that is the planet. Melmac. <laughs> So there you go. I was actually pretty. You were pretty close. close so you that. almost would have got to play this game. <laughs> yeah, but it, it it would have been you know a, a multiple choice, and I would have gone Melmac. There it is. Yeah, and look, I mean, the problem is that unless that, it was Melmar, the- Melman, and Melmac, and it's like fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely what you should do. Um, yeah, I mean, Google's a thing, so that kind of makes it difficult. But maybe you've got a certain amount of time, and there's like a thousand questions, <laughs> so you never know. You can't just memorize them all if you're, you know, a 12-year-old, th- you know, because a 12-year-old just isn't going to know what the catchphrase was from the your little girl in Full House. I also can't remember it. <laughs> I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. What, what the fuck Michelle's catchphrase was? I didn't even remember that. a fucking name. Oh, You got it, dude. Well, no, wasn't it like, how wooed? No, that was, oh, was, uh, that that was Stephanie. That was the middle, middle Oh, child. she said that? See, I don't even fucking remember. I would never yeah. get to play this game. I'm a terrible kid of the 80s. 
Yeah, so, okay, three to one click. Yeah. <laughs> Impossibility. Vernacular. Okay. Word-based games are often difficult because computers aren't good at understanding sentences, but... Hmm. Impossibility vernacular. So, maybe this is about slang terms for... Uh, where does the impossibility come in? Time travellers? <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Where I'm seeing that in the, in this particular story, they've, they've gone back in... Um, they've sort of uncovered the first ever writing of people. Okay. And it's it actually turns out that it's somewhat of an of an impossibility because it is actually English. <laughs> like everything is actually written in English okay. in this one particular thing. And you you've carbon dated it and it is it is literally impossible that It's definitely thousands is, and thousands of years old, but it's definitely, you know, so many thousands of years it, old. But somehow it, it uses that, the word fleek. <laughs> or or it uses, you know, a derivative of that because it could be time travel. Yeah. So the idea that it could just be this sort of story as to you you find out um, this particular I'm trying to think of what what the like they find the original Rosetta Sto- Rosetta Stone or whatever it is and it turns out that it is actually pure English and so all, all, all like the um, the languages that that have popped up on Earth are actually based originally off of something that came before Latin which was actually English. it was actually English. <laughs> Just so far back that it was, it hasn't been realised by like linguists yet because because it, it was never uncovered. Yeah. Okay. And so then the idea that I really you, like the idea yeah. of solving a time travel mystery through archaeology that is cool, particularly if you reveal it in interesting ways. Where yeah, like they find just a couple of sentences written in what seems to be close to modern day English, but is definitely four thousand years old. Yeah. The words winter is coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like some sort of pop culture <laughs> reference. <laughs> it's like, where's the beef? That's not at all topical, but... <laughs> bazinga. Bazinga. It just says bazinga. <laughs> but, so then you as an archaeologist, goes, you start looking for clues. Like, you start following the clues for this and you, 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 know, you dig up some more and maybe you find some artifacts then... Which leads you to believe that the only possible conclusion is that someone from the near future has gone back in time and left this stuff there. And of course- Hashtag sorry, not sorry. (laughs) Right, yeah. You see like a cave painting and it's got hashtag no filter next to it. (laughs) So, you know- that sometime within this within this game's universe, you're actually going to find. Well, out that's it, right? Of course, who the person, yes. who the time travel. Yes, it's a, time it starts. You start making connections to the story happening in the current day. Of wait a sec, like there's this connection here, and you it turns out you actually know the person who goes back in time, but like they're not a scientist or anything. They just so you like you're kind of having to figure out at what point are they going to go back in time because you know they're they're just at grad school for. Literature. <laughs> I don't know. And then the game ends with them, like, falling through a wormhole or something. Uh, no, a better climax than that. But this is how we write stories on this podcast. It's like, okay, so it's this really cool story. It's got this interesting concept. And then there's a really great climax. All right. Three, two, one, click. <laughs> so, you said climax and what, what went into my mind oh, is, yeah. like, they're literally, they're having sex, they climax, and they instantly spontaneously com- spontaneously combust. Oh, and it turns out it that turns people out- spontaneously combusting are actually time travelling. They're time travelling back in time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it turns out like there's, there's this whole group of people that have turned up in in the past. 
um, and they've all been plucked from different points of history. Oh, but they all end up in the same same place? Yeah. Basically, you've got um, all the people that have ever spontaneously combusted, and you can maybe even talk about, you know, the frogs raining and all that sort of stuff, like the few weird things that have gone on. They're just after effects of of, um, this time travel. Right. There's this group of people who who have realised that they needed to pluck all these people out of um out of history out of history to actually instigate like instigate you know language throughout throughout the world right so they're basically kickstarting um the, the sort of ascension of of the human intelligence by paradoxically taking some of those people from the future and bringing them back into the past yeah so okay so that's interesting and so you you end up discovering. This whole civilization from back then of all these people from basically the tw- the twentieth and twenty first century, um, yeah, and, and even even earlier, like there can be sixteenth century in there and that sort of stuff because of um, you know there's stories of people spontaneously combusting. I'm pretty sure, yeah, from, probably from that early. But but just the idea that um, your friend you see you see spontaneously combusting. Why were you watching them have you sex? Or- because you you're, a, you're a cuckold, <laughs> <laughs> or you've got a cuckolding fetish. Like you, it was part. You were just you were watching because it's your wife. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I mean. But like so, some people are into being cuckolded, yeah. so they like to watch their wife or partner make sweet love to somebody else, <laughs> mm. and then spontaneously combust. Like that's all part of. It. He definitely came. Uh, <laughs> 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 so yeah, okay, and and so then you in the future. I don't think that should actually be the character. Uh, I was picturing a woman who's an actual like archaeologist and is discovering this stuff because um, you can get a very Dan Br- <coughs> a very Dan Brown kind of vibe going on yep. where you're solving these mysteries through archaeology. But yeah, there's this whole time travel aspect of holy shit, like you know the the fashion. You start you know you start getting imprints from rock of the. <laughs> The cloth that they used, or I mean, I guess they probably have some sort of cloth from that time, particularly if it's synthetic. Um, you know, uh, imprints of fucking transistors and shit. Like you somehow managed to find remnants of an iPhone. Um, oh, what what I would love is that one of one of the flashbacks that you sort of have is, um, you know, of you and your dad, and he's got like this this amazing like engraved belt buckle. Okay. Oh. But okay. you happen to find the belt buckle, mm. like. And that's what sort of- And like your dad went missing years ago. Yeah. Maybe it's not that you knew that he spontaneously combusted. It's just like missing person. But um, this confirms to you that, that, yeah, he- That something something weird has gone on. And that's what sort of reminds you of, of like, maybe maybe there can be some sort of time yeah, travel that's happening like, here. That's because- what convinces you of the fact um, that this is actually happening. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, there's a, there's um, some, that's that's a really interesting narrative you could put in place there. I mean, the gameplay obviously is probably just going to be sort of adventure gamey at this point, with some of those sort of CSI kind of little um, thingies of of when you're actually digging up stuff and finding stuff. What I kind of like about it is that it's you know it's a um, you know flipping of the old woman in the fridge to be a man in the fridge. You know, he's he's literally not not there, so it's just doing to doing to a male character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's all like, the time. Yeah, that's the. The impetus for their their story for sure. Mm. Cool. I like All right. It. Three to one. Quick. Newborn noise. Well, we are both parents, mm-hmm. so we know about newborns, and we definitely know about noise in relation to yep. so such. I'm going to throw a new wrinkle into this one. Okay, it's not a human newborn. Okay, it's a newborn cockroach. 
well, I, I'm, I think it can be just part of the animal world or something like that. Because the the one thing that really sort of surprises me about the way the animal kingdom works and the way the human sort of world works. Mm-hmm. Have you ever noticed that, like, if a cow gives birth to a calf or, you know, a deer has a baby deer, they can walk almost instantly. Yeah. You know, they're born and they're just able to walk. It takes three fucking years or whatever for, for you know, humans to get to that sort of, that sort of, um, level of, of, um, you know, awesomeness. Yes. Now, there are so, reasons for that. What's with that? <laughs> well, the reason that I've heard is that, um, because the cranium is so large to fit our large brain, but babies have to be born in an earlier stage of development, otherwise they will not fit out the birth canal. Um, it's to do with the physiology around the brain. That's so not in interesting words, in for video games, though. So, in other words, I'm now picturing that there's a hyper, hyper, hyper smart animal who gets born with, like, a massive head. <laughs> okay, so it's and like it's walk. an alien newborn where they just have this massive cranium, but they're born even earlier in their development because they're just super smart, but- it means that for an even longer time, they are completely helpless. Yeah. And also, they make a hell of a lot of noise. All right. <laughs> so, I mean, we've kind of done- I think we've kind of done raising alien babies before. I'm not sure. But yeah. I like the idea of it really being this very much- Very much this this completely helpless new- newborn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What sort of gameplay could we bring into that? I mean, the noise- It could almost be a- So, we'll go a couple ways. I'm picturing a- an inside or limbo-esque game where yep. you are a character, a human, who near the beginning discovers this alien baby. But you have to, like, there's a lot of sneaking and there's a lot of puzzle solving where, like, you can't leave this baby alone for too long or it starts screaming. Uh, and that just alerts. And that alerts nearby. Everyone. Yeah, so I guess I'm trying to think what the danger is. Like, is this similar to inside? Is it, like, a totalitarian society that you're on the outskirts of, or are there, like, dangerous creatures around and you're in, like, a jungle, an alien jungle? Maybe you're an astronaut? Maybe you're an astronaut landing on an alien planet in, like, a hazardous alien jungle area to be- to start with. And so, it's it, you're starting by not being attacked by wild animals, and then later on you find, like, the alien civilization and such, but maybe you find out that they- Maybe it's like a- Like, you know how um, in some- species if the um, babies are like touched by other um, by humans or like the mother rejects yep. them and they and they just kill them or eat them <laughs> maybe you find out that that's the case here and so when you do eventually find kind of the parents or the the civilization that this aliens from you realize quite <laughs> put a you realize <laughs> you realize quite quickly that they're going to kill it and you've grown attached to it by this point um so where where I'm where I'm actually picturing I know that you said the alien world and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. I'm picturing actually like everyone thinks that the area 51 is in in like the desert in New Mexico or whatever yeah. turns out that it's actually just on the outskirts of the of the Bermuda Triangle okay and you're a scientist who who's actually been working for for um, you know, Area Fifty Two or whatever you want to call it, yeah. Um, and an alien has has turned up in the nursery. Okay, it's and just there in the nursery. Like, is this a, is well, this a normal I, I'm, thing I'm that happens? This, um, you, you're you're wor- you're working in this particular area. One day, this baby turns up in 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 like the childcare sort of okay. thing. And and some scientists have been coming by, and you know, you sort of overhear them talking about dissection and all this sort of right. stuff. So you decide to. To kidnap and, and get out. Okay, okay. So, to them, because this is a want- fairly normal- They obviously have aliens coming through here regularly, because it's the Bermuda Triangle and it's Area 50, whatever. 
Um, yep. But to you, you're like a new recruit or something. A new, a new hire or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and you're particularly empathetic and- Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Like, you know what I would love? <laughs> like, Bianca was telling me a little while ago that in, in like childcare, they, there's like an agency that can send out, um, people if, if they don't have enough staff. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm thinking that you just, they just happen to not have enough staff because of some outbreak of So you're just illness. like a childcare worker? And, and so you're a childcare worker that comes in and you see this alien, you fall, you fall hopelessly in love with, with it and you hear something about the section. So you, you basically go, no, I need to get out of here. Right. You're just an agency worker. So and- you're not even a scientist. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I like, I like that. Um, what I think could be interesting is maybe, and there's an aspect of a Rick and Morty episode here, but like maybe the baby actually grows quite quickly. So. Mm-hmm. As you get to later levels, the baby does start getting older and is able to walk for itself. And so, then you're on a bit more of a sort of an escort mission sort of thing, making sure it doesn't, like, toddle its way off a cliff or into the hands of the scientists. But also, as you continue going, you realise that the reason that they kill these baby aliens is that they grow up to be incredibly dangerous and violent. And they're actually telepathic. Yeah, well, um, they've like got- the Yeah, that's that, it. Like, they've got- That they're inserting memory- uh, Inserting um, ideas into your head, like- um, Oh, like- Go get food. Like, love me, because like, I'm a baby. I'm the baby, gotta love me. <laughs> <laughs> Not the mama. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, that's interesting. And then, because you've got this bond with it, you're sort of able to utilise its its powers. But as it- Again, as it gets older, you know, particularly as it gets into the teenage years- <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go down that Rick and Morty route, um, it's sort of it starts rebelling against you, and you can't control it as well. And and you so there's sort of some interesting narrative things there you could do with that relationship. Yeah. And then at the same time, it's still being this like challenging, kind of stealthy puzzle sort of game, moving through these environments. Yeah, I, lo- I like the idea that um, you can have pre-scripted sequences that sort of happen along the way. Mm. That, um, you know, at first you've got a mobile phone that that you got with you, and then you find out that they're tracking you through it, so you get rid of that, and then yeah, absolutely. Um, Look, I, I think it would be fairly heavily scripted and 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 event based levels yeah. in that very like like an inside exactly, level. yeah. But just you know, each little section is its own kind of puzzle around getting through without this baby getting caught, or without you getting caught, or yeah, later on without the baby turning on you, or there are certain events where the the child does turn on you and so you you know or you don't have it for a while because it goes off on its own because it's rebelling against you yeah and then you got to but then you got to follow like clues to actually yeah to like track along. it down and stuff yeah i like yeah I like that's awesome lot. three two one all right let's do one more earning sincerity <laughs> okay again sincerity is a hard thing to measure so from a gameplay point of view i'm not sure we can use that as a resource or anything <laughs> although earning earning definitely implies something around that Sincerity and earning. So maybe you play. Maybe this is a used car salesman. Oh God. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what the sort of gameplay could be on that. I sort of like the idea of a semi-retro um, aspects of, and we go to this well a lot, but aspects of Papers Please, but crossed with sort of sort of a bit of a management game. Um, not like super Did you in ever depth. Play- but did you ever play the old game Street Rod? Yes, yes, I think so. Yeah, it was like a yeah, racing game, but you had to, you like would get other cars, and you had a bunch. Like you could really yeah. customize so it a lot and stuff. You could do a lot of customization. You could you'd have to you know sort of go in and actually um, change timings on the engine mm, and that sort of yeah, stuff to, get it, that. to run a little bit better, and then you could race for pink slips yep, and yep yep. Um, there was there was it was like a really in depth game. 
the idea of it sort of being that or or like your um what was it the car mechanic simulator 2015 or whatever it was yep. but you're all you're doing is you're trying to fix these cars that you purchase and like sell them off and and then sell them off on the lot okay so there's a bit of um what was it? A bit of uh, Matilda's dad from Matilda, like his whole yeah, thing. Sandpaper, uh, the sand in the gearbox. Yeah, and to make so you're basically trying to make these run sawdust. That's right. Trying to make these run as smoothly as they can on the cheap, so you can sell them off. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean that, and that goes very much like I, I could still see the aspects of that I was thinking of it being in there, where you've got certain things where you're dealing directly with customers, and there's almost a bit of a um, yeah, a bit of conversation tree, but also a bit of uh, figuring out the right thing to get the sale, right? So, in the same way yeah. that Papers, Please is about, like, matching up information or whatever, maybe you you sort of have to, through conversation trees, you learn a bit about them, and then you have to choose the right kind of strategy and, and like, where to, you know, give them a little bit of money off or where to hold the line. And depending on, yeah. you know, you, start, you sort of learn over time the best ways to do that. Um, but yeah, but yeah. then yeah, there's also this aspect of you managing the inventory that you've got, and the modifications you can do to that to to make them sell better to be able to put the price up on them. Yeah, I mm. I really quite like that, and just um, maybe having to to work out okay, this has got X number of scratches on it. I can buff these ones out for like X amount, but this uh, this big dent I can't do anything. Okay, can I actually like replace the door on it, or or can I disguise it with with like um, put a, you know, put put a, a racing out, strip. Sign oh, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Just Because you got a big like, thing up, you know, all sales are final. Drive it off the lot and, and it's yours, so, yeah. <laughs> if, yep. they, if they're off the lot before they realise, it's fine. Uh, yeah, I, like, I do like that a lot. And we could go relatively in-depth with it, like Street Rod kind of did, where you're literally going in the engine and adjusting timings, maybe, um, or all the car mechanics simulated sort of thing. Like, you could, you could have it that you're actually sort of- Digging right into the cars and and doing these things, but you've just you've got a lot of dodgier resources. Um, and look, maybe all, you, all you've got is the other cars on the lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think maybe you could look if you maybe if you play well enough, you can go legit because you managed to build up enough money to buy proper parts and fix these cars properly. But like that's that's sort of the really hard, like that's the ultimate. Um, you know, you got to play it really well to get to that point. And, you know, occasionally I, I, things will happen, like, you know, you're in a bad part of town, so some arseholes come and, and graffiti the side of your building, so you've got to pay, you know, three grand to, to get that scrubbed off or whatever. I kind of want this to, to almost go dark during part <laughs> okay. of it, so that, so that, like, one of the one of the fixes that you did to your car actually ended up being fatal to someone. Oh, God. And and it's it's literally how, how you deal with this and, and how you- how you stop it. Right. So, you've really got to sort of coming start- Coming back to you sort of Yeah. Thing. You start seeing the repercussions <laughs> of what you're doing. Um, yeah, that's- You could go dark with that. Um, I like I'm how al- you're going dark with that. <laughs> I'm also just wondering if- No, I guess not. I was going to say you could put this- You could put a different spin on this and make it like uh, a space thing or a future thing. Just, just, just because then you don't necessarily have to be dealing with real life- um, car parts and stuff you could make stuff up yep. uh, and so there's a bit more of a learning curve but you, it's all sort of got its own internal consistency of like you know if you if you put um, brown matter in the <laughs> neutron core then uh, you know it works better than the dark matter like it works better than the dark matter for the first you know 30, 30 clicks but then the whole car will just stop working and if they're in the middle of an asteroid field then they're going to be in trouble you know <laughs> that sort of thing well 
I, I quite like that idea because then you can you can do anything with that. You well, know? that's it. You it kind of gives to- you a bit more freedom uh, to really make these interesting. Yeah, like the the way that these vehicles actually run. I really like the idea that you know to fix some of these cars. Like, oh crap! You know the um the spark plugs f- to ignite the plasma. Yeah. In in this um they're they're totally ruined. Okay, I'll grab one from this car, one from this car, <laughs> one from this car. That's it. I feel like someone could really have a lot of fun uh in the game design department well and in the in the d- design department of coming up with sort of common um common parts for all for all these car uh, all these vehicles and how they work together but also making them all very distinct and you know if you yeah if you go up to a a, a black hole powered whatever like it's still going to use some of the same parts as just you know you've actually got a <laughs> combustion <laughs> like it's still just using plain old rocket fuel um, down on the cheap side, it's an old banger. I'm, I'm just picturing with the black hole, like it's it's just a micro black hole, but yeah, it's just a micro singularity. Um, you know, uh, just don't let the containment field. You know, yeah, exactly. You've uh, got containment field stabilizers or whatever, and it's like, well, but I can't afford, you know, the the proper brand containment field stabilizers. So uh, I've got some magnets, you know, <laughs> from this other type of uh, this other type of engine. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I, I reckon that's it for today. Yeah, let's do it. Let's uh let's 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 stop the thing. So <laughs> thanks for joining us this week on Bitstorm. Uh if you want to find us on the internet, we are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as Bitstormcast. We have a Facebook group, Facebook.com slash groups slash bitstorm. We are on YouTube, search for Bitstorm or point click repeat for some of the videos we've got up there. And we are on Podchaser at podchaser.com slash bitstorm. We're on iTunes where we'd love it if you could go rate and review us there. After you've finished your rating rating and reviewing on Podchaser. Of course, that's much more important. Uh, Got a website, bitstormcast.com. I'd like to plug our friends at the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Search for hashtag AGPN on Twitter or the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook. Finally, we'd like to thank us for the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment, Fabia. So, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I would like to sell you the best neutron-powered jet bike that you've ever seen. Barely been used. Just a little little old lady who drove around the solar system on Sundays. Okay. That's okay. I'm just going to ghost ride the whip with it anyway. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) 